and welcome to episode 39 of Crew Shaken, a Warhammer 40,000 tabletop wargaming podcast recorded in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Good to be with you all again. I'm your host, Tim, and joining me today live on air via Zoom is Lavelle. Lavelle, how's it going? Hey, things are going well. Things are going well. Awesome. Thanks for being here with me again today. It's been a while since we've had a chance to hop online and talk 40K. We've been playing a bunch. But we have we have yet to sit down and kind of share our thoughts about how 10th Ed has been evolving in its early stages here since the summertime release. And uh, I think that can be like the bulk of our conversation today. I'm sitting at my desk here in my studio in Philadelphia. I just over the weekend finally picked up, this is bad radio, but I'm going to show it to Lavelle over the cam here. I picked I like five stacks of my index cards for my various armies, which is awesome. I picked up the Grey Knights last week, hoping I'd be able to play on Tuesday, but I had to miss. But now I have my Imperial Agents cards because I've decided that every time I play an Imperial Army now, I'm going to bring some of my Rogue Trader retinue with okay. me because I've never used her or her crew other than for games of Kill Team Rogue Trader, of which I've only played two, which is another really good game we should play at some point is the Rogue Trader style of Kill Team. Super fun. Um, but I want to start bringing her. You know, she's right there on the cover of that one. I want to bring her and her friends to my next now, Imperial game. Tim, if it makes you feel good, go ahead and bring them. <laughs> go, go ahead and bring them. That's well, you, all it's all. You, you, know, you know what I like about Tent so far? And we could dive right in here. I like the fact that the uh, you know the, the, the detachments and the army building restrictions are, are very light. Right. It is fun to be able to just throw a bunch of things together and have it be legal and hit the table with it. Granted, you know, my collection is based on how cool the models are. So it's not like I have a super competitive bunch of stuff to throw together in the first place. But I like the fact that, yeah, I'm going to put a little bit of this in, try a little bit of this. And it seems like a nice, very organic way to say, all right, I got all this stuff. I'm going to have a game and not have to worry about kind of the minutia of this, this, and this, this, and this, this, and this working together. You know, so that, that's, been, that's been a really good thing for Tenth Ed for me thus far. Uh, you know, I have played um, since 10th has come out. I probably played um, over 40 games. I'm getting a lot of play in and I've been playing a lot of different armies. Um, next uh, Tomorrow, I'm going to our secret gaming spot at the library and I will, I guess it's not so secret anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I will be, um, I'm probably for the first time ever bringing out my leagues of Otan. Ooh, I've never seen you play your leagues before. That's nice. I've never played them before. <laughs> this is easy. I've never played them before. I'll be kind of working my way through it. But Great. I I was interested in getting them on the table. Um, I've been playing a lot of different armies. Um, let's see. A Necron, of course. Custodes. Um, I have a Demon Army now. League of Otan. And those are the four that I've been kind of really circ. Oh, I have a Howling Griffin um, Terminator Army that I've been working with. And um, so, yeah, with the new Space Marine uh, Codex release, I'm hoping to get a little lift there. But, you know, just I'm just enjoying. I didn't believe it when they said it. Um, simplified, not simple. I'm just enjoying that. At first, I was like, yeah, it seems a little strange. But now it's just like, OK, it's all right here. Um, let's get down to the tactical decisions. <clears throat> does, does one of your armies feel radically different in 10th versus 9th which one do you think had the most kind of severe makeover i have one in mind of my batch that, that i'd like to talk about the necrons mm, why so the necrons um you know the reanimation protocols have been reworked and they make a little bit more sense um in terms of the lore in terms of getting models back up and th but there's still a way to circumvent that 
um, the attachment. The, the, here's something that that's really interesting: the attachment of characters to units is yeah. something that's really. I mean, it, it reminds me of an earlier edition. I cannot remember which one it was, mm. but it does have a couple of impacts that changes it a little bit. And so I, I really like that in working through who I'm going to attach to a unit, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the, the, the Necrons have been um, really, really interesting to play. I played them more. And so I get, uh, I'm getting more and more, even though I got 40 games in, I'm still learning, yeah. still adjusting. And I have not done any competitive play. It's all been kind of narrative, out of the books, various scenario plays. And most of the time I'm playing with somebody that's also um, learning as well. Yeah, that's kind of nice to welcome in a new edition with some teaching games, right? Because we can right. kind of learn a little bit about it ourselves and uh, share it with somebody else, which makes it all the more special. I want to, um, Tim, Tim, I want to talk about something that I just got into, yeah. Combat Patrol. And so the combat patrol way of playing, you buy one of the combat patrol bike boxes, you build it, you paint it, you play with it. It's just that simple. No additions, no adjustments, nothing. This is the army. And they have different data cards than the normal cards. So they tone down cer certain abilities. So I, I went into the new Games Workshop store in Paoli, and I observed the game. And I thought, this is a little bit more interesting than I thought. Because there's still, you pay it on a smaller board naturally, but it's still like uh, a lot of tactical decisions. Here's the piece that I don't understand how they did it, but it does appear to be good. One combat patrol box against another combat patrol box is pretty balanced. And so even though you look at the boxes and you look at the models uh, and your, your old 40K brain says, that's not right. You know that that can't be, but it, it seems to be pretty balanced. Uh, that's that's some that's some pretty solid game design right there. So of course, balanced not in terms of just the points count, but also the abilities of that army to that you know force to take on other forces, other combat patrol, uh, forces. other combat patrol forces. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, right. So you don't have to build your army. You don't right. have to. You don't have to do anything. Hmm. You can go right online. You can print out your stat cards, and if you like me, laminate them. I laminate everything. <laughs> And then just come with your cards and play. And then you they got various scenarios in there. I've been playing. I played a couple of games like that. Uh, on one one game night I went to, we, we, we game from about 6 to 11. And I got three different games in. Mm, and all nice. three of them were still kind of, they, not kind of, they definitely were tactical. Like, okay, I got to get rid of that unit. And then I move up here. Okay, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was, it was really good. And is it being set up as an alternative to 40K or a gateway to 40K as to not take away some of the kill team market? Okay, kill team is definitely a different game. Yeah, it's still a kill different game. Kill team is definitely it's still yeah. a different game. Because yeah, cool. in this one, you're, you're, still, you're, you're still activating by unit. and kill mm. team, you're more or less activating by model. Right, right. I think it's designed for two things. As an onboard to, game, uh, to, to playing. But also as a way for you to play, and they, they talked about this a couple of editions ago, being able to play over lunch, mm. being able to get a quick game in. I got some time. Let me go in, play a quick game, and 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 you can be done a game in an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. And what's, what's the dollar cost? Are all the boxes exactly the same price? They are not exactly the same mm. cost. They're, they're probably, I'm going to say, um, $130. Depends on the box. Let me... 
I've got my my trusty computer up right but, now. But, there, but there's not a vast price differential between one and the other, right? They're all in the same ballpark. Of that is correct. Okay, great, great. That is correct, and that that makes it um, that makes it really really good. Combat yeah. patrols. It looks like they're oh, I'm, I guess I'm wrong. They're all 160. Oh, okay, great, great. Yeah, that makes all 160. <clears throat> and here's the thing: guy like me has multiple armies. I can play combat patrol and not have to buy anything. Right, because you can just print out the cards and use the existing models you have, right? There's there's yes, not models yeah. that are unique to the combat patrol situation, right? They're all 40k yeah. models, yeah. The last time I left the house, I left the house with five combat patrols, armies. And, you know, if anybody wanted to grab one of their armies, they could. And I played with one. And in the middle, I played one game. And I played with my sisters. Mm. And then I flipped it and played with something else. It was really good. It was mm. it, it was um, a different kind of fun. I might I might print out some of those cards for uh for our Tuesday sessions. That's a good idea. Yeah. Let let's talk about something a little bit different, like the the rollout and um one of the things that they did specifically the app. Do you have the app? I do have the app. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been I've been digging it. I, I just just this past week paid for the you know the full year of Warhammer Plus so I can save multiple lists. I'm not mad at the list builder. I think having it, you know, I'm still not a fan of having the phone out or the iPad out when I'm playing, um, that, which is why I picked up the cards. You know, my first, all my first 10th ed games are just right off my phone and a printed list from the app. But but it, for me, you know, the cards and having something physical and printed out is, is the way to go as opposed to using the app during gameplay, right? For list building, I'll keep using that. But Let me tell you, I prefer the cards as well. Um, <clears throat> there is going to be a little bit of a challenge when they change the information on the cards, that's the first thing. And the other thing that kind of has me is um, with the app, I can check your army. I can check your army. I can see your data card and say, yeah, that's not right. Yeah. yeah you know, or one. that was, and it is updated so that if they make a change, it'll be right there. And so that, that is something I, I'm getting used to playing off of the phone. So I find often even if I have the cards out, I'm using the phones as a reference. Yeah, I, my plan for changing the cards was to use my little label printer that I use for stuff here in my studio. And I could kind of print out new stats and just kind of stick it, you know, right to the little card right. thing. And I don't know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. The, the, so, the, thing, the thing I liked was these decks, because I'm, I'm trying to accumulate less physical stuff for Warhammer, right? You know, I'm just trying to have less books and, you know, all those damn like uh, Psychic Awakening books and everything, like... I played like four games out of that entire like nine book arc. You know what I mean? When I look at that stuff, I'm like, dang, you know, some of some of them we've talked about it before. Some of them were well written, others, you know, were just completely unnecessary for the narrative and they just wanted to give everybody a shot. So I'm trying to accumulate less stuff, less stuff. So I'm into these cards as an alternative to buying the codex. You know, I paid, say, I got five. I got five armies, five boxes of cards. It was like a hundred, almost a hundred bucks, you know, at the discount at the local store. And did you get a space marine deck? I did. That deck it's, is, it's, can qualify as a weapon. I mean, I could put a license plate on it and drive it to drive it to play. Right. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's so big. I'm going to pare that one down because I'm not bringing any of my old stuff. I'm probably playing all Primaris here in 10th Ed. So I'm going to shave that box down a little bit. I might have to fold some cardboard to make a new holder for that behemoth of a box. Now, question for you. Um, this code number on the bottom of this box is just a serial number, right? This is not what you enter into the app. To enable extra features, right? That that's the codex, not these indexes. Right? That's correct. Gotcha. That's correct. Gotcha. That's correct. So I, the, I haven't seen standalone. anything that um would indicate that. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the thing that I wanted to mention about the change to tenth that 
really significantly changed one of my armies, and it happens to be the armies I've, I've played most so far, is the psychic phase and the elimination of the psychic phase as it changed my Grey Knights. And I have to tell you, when I read about the changes, you know, over the summer and whatnot, I was like, oh, that's, you know, what are they going to do about this Grey Knight situation? And I'm all about it, frankly. I mean, switching psychic over to be an ability as opposed to a phase, making it the special sauce of an army as opposed to a phase that you can either skip over or have to play through. And if you don't have two psychic armies, it's kind of a drag for the, for your opponent, right? But the fact that Sanctuary is an ability, the fact that Hammerhand is an ability, the fact that, you know, uh, Might of Purity is a new ability for the Grandmaster here in the Grey Knights. I'm, Wait, I'm really into that. Uh, uh, Tim, can you read the Sanctuary ability as it shows up on the card? Sanctuary. When this model is leading a unit, each time an attack targets that unit, subtract one from the hit roll. And does that sanctuary have psychic any a keyword psychic yes that is a psychic ability that's right i'm unclear on like i see things like hey if if you if this model is hit with the psychic ability or, or then subtract one or things like that but i'm i'm unclear on like the value now of sisters of silence or the Caluxus assassin in terms of countering psychics. Do you have, oh, I, I should look up, let me open up the uh, Imperial Agents deck here and let's read because you're right. They're not just, they're not going to affect the uh, a, a psychic role, right? They're not going to give you a minus one or anything to your uh, to your psychic role in the psychic phase anymore. How does that affect? I have yet to play against somebody who can uh, affect my psychic abilities with my Grey Knights. I have not even played demons yet. With Tim, I have it right here. This is what it says. Um, soulless horror. Okay, no. Abomination. That's his first one. This model has a feel no pain of two plus ability against a psychic attack. So if you're hitting me with something and if you hit me with something and you have a psychic attack, I'll get a two plus feel no pain. Um, I don't know why I never read that. I kind of like that. <laughs> I kind of like that now. And it also he has life draining touch. Anti-Psyker, 2+, Devastating Wounds, and Precision. That means if the unit it's shooting at has the Psychic keyword, he will wound on a 2+, and those wounds will be critical, so they will go right to Devastating. Now, Tim, here's a little play and tip. You're, reason, if you're, you, you're reading the Calexus, right? That's Calexus, right. Interesting. You're reading it off the app, aren't you? No, no, no. I have... I wasn't going to tell you, but I have the cards too. <laughs> oh, okay, nice, good, good. Uh, and <laughs> but, so, what, what were you just reading there? That soulless horror? Me, no, no, melee under his melee weapons. Life. Oh, I see. Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Go, go, so go, let go, me sorry. tell you what I learned the hard way. I have a unit of Imperial Guard. Okay. Mm -hmm. I attach an Inquisitor to it, like my favorite guy, Eisenhower. Right. They share all keywords, so the unit now gets the psychic keyword even though they don't get the psychic abilities. Mm. So the anti-infantry, uh, the anti-psyker 2 plus will work on them. On the unit, yeah. On the unit, mm -hmm. right. And so I, that, that, that makes you think through who you're attaching where. I, wh where I got caught was I attached a model with the fly keyword that could fly to another model that didn't have that. In particular... The what's it called? Um, the um, Technomancer with okay. the Canoptic Cloak. It's the fly keyword. Okay. 
I like the Technomancer with the Wardle more uh, with the Warriors because he automatically at the end of the move can reanimate D three wounds. Well, now because he has the fly keyword, the um, the 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 Warriors have the fly keyword. So now anything that says anti fly will get that ability against the Warriors. Uh, I see. Got you. Because that because that keyword is 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 on the unit now. Yeah, makes right. sense. Makes sense. Right. Yeah. So totally. um, I was like, I got caught out with that. I was like, oh, I, I guess I didn't think about that. Yeah. Now under against staying at the Caluxus, he has yeah. soulless horror. Yeah. Read that. While one. an enemy unit is within six inches this of this model, worsen the unit's leadership characteristic by one or by two instead. If that unit is a psyker, and the same thing would apply. Eisenhorn attached to a, a unit of custodies is going to do the exact same thing. And it in, says, in, in addition, addition, once man. per battle, at the start of any command phase, this model can use this ability. If it does, each enemy unit within six inches must take a battle shock test. Yeah, that, that's pretty badass. Yeah, got to watch right. out for that one. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I'm still getting used to it. I did over the, uh, what must have been over the summer, I printed out a, a um, a thousand sun army, mm. a thousand sun army, and it, it 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 did pretty well, and and it was before they got the adjustment with the balanced data sheet, but I haven't played too much of it. What what are some of the biggest changes so far in terms of the facts to tenth that we should be talking about? I know there were several. Mortal wound. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Devastating. Devastating wounds. Wounds. Let's talk about that mm. one. Yeah, because you would so that devastating one wounds no longer generates mortal wounds. And so, and as a result, they don't spill over. So devastating wounds, there was a lot of models and other armies that had devastating wounds and it was, it was skewing the meta, but so that seemed good, but it, it, by making that change, it nerfed the custodies, which, which has a four up, uh, it's a feel no pain or invulnerable save against, uh, mortal wounds, but not devastating wounds. So now all of a sudden. They don't, they, it doesn't have that ability. I mean, I'm, it's not as useful. Sure. So sure. Those, those are the things that kind of made, made things a little bit different. They changed indirect fire, which everybody agreed that they should do. And now you can't indirect fire during Overwatch. Um, the other thing was they changed the towering, towering rule. Which I mean, uh, I had seen a couple of tournaments had going up and said that they were going to make that change, whether they did it or not. Mm. So towering had has a, a little bit of a different. It, it never really came into play in any of the games that I played. Have you played against them, um, a Primark or with a Primark tenth ed yet? Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, I have Magnus printed out. Um, How does tenth change the role of those bigger characters like that? I don't. I find that those bigger characters, they used to be a significant force multiplier one. They had uh, very strong auras and they were really, really tough characters. Um, I, I feel that, that their role has been minimized. Hmm. I, I don't, I thought a Primark was in many regards as, as strong as, a, say, an Imperial Knight, but I, I don't, I haven't seen that in the games that I played. Interesting. I haven't seen it in the, in the games that I played. Have you been I, using Have you been using your knights at all? Uh, I, no, I have not been using my knights in forty um, k. I have been playing some games of Horus Heresy. We'll get back to that a little later. Yeah. And I've used them in there, and that's because even though I have an extensive knight collection, 
I, I haven't really gotten down into the, the the mechanics of the game, even after 40 games. And maybe if I played 40 games with the same army, I, I know what I was doing. Yeah, sure. But that's not fun. But I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm getting, I haven't gotten enough into the mechanics to kind of ro- roll them out. Yeah, yeah. Um, what have you been hearing from your opponents when you've been playing? How's, how, how's everybody else feeling about the game? I found the response to be very, very positive to 10th so far. Uh, nobody likes my Necrons. Which I, <laughs> listen, listen, I totally get. If I, um, one guy said to me, I've killed that unit, that entire unit twice. Yeah, that's, that's but still it, a sticky I, wicket about playing Necrons. Yeah. Yeah. I had layered, I layered a whole bunch of reanimation, a whole bunch of things, and I, I had a big block because, you know, not too many people have 60 warriors. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I'm just walking them up the field. And that, at this point, I said, I'm never doing this again because mm. that could not have been fun on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. got a uh, reanimation orb. Uh, you know, I had it all layered and they were just coming back. And they didn't make the mistake of not. The first thing they should have done was gotten rid of my um, reanimators. Yeah. And the reanimators was really a terrible model before, but now they are they're like a must include. Mm. And I had three of them and I had them laid out. And so now everybody's reanimating. I'm reanimating my command phase and your <laughs> command phase. <laughs> and, and then using the strategy to reanimate, and these guys just won't die. Yeah, it's all kind of bad news. All kinds of bad news. Yeah. I've been so, um, I've been in, I've been enjoying the gray night so far. Um Carlo and I had a game two weeks ago at the library. Uh, he brought his towel. It was his first time playing the Tau. Maybe his first tenth ed game, if I recall correctly, too. Um, the the Tau, you know, the, the rules there changed quite a bit. I found that there's mm-hmm. fewer. Same same thing with the Grey Knights. They've eliminated some uh, specialty weapons options, which can be cool, but it does take away a little bit of the flavor. Like with my Paladin squad, he found it to be true. Also, of some of the drone things he could do with his bigger um, his bigger Tau suits it was a little bit different and a little bit less uh, colorful, a little bit less flavorful. Um, but it was a good game. I am, I've been really enjoying the mobility of the Grey Knights and their ability to teleport around and you know be here and then be there and then be over here and then be over there, right? I'm liking those that those detachment rules so far a lot in mean, both my Admech and in the Grey Knights that they introduced with 10th. My question is, and I'm wondering, like, how many are those detachment rules going to be the thing that leads to that power creep that I found to be a turn a turnoff from 9th edition when there were way too many stratagems to be had? Well, we we got we have two examples to look at first. The Terranet Codex came out, and the Space Marines Codex is coming out, and it's been leaked all over the board, right? And we know that you pick a detachment, and you still appear to only get a limited number of stratagems with that detachment, and, right? Yeah. With that detachment, yeah. you don't. It doesn't go across the board, and you get a detachment ability. Um, having said that, you can't really tell. Until the the whack players, the win at all costs, start retooling it and should really show you what it can do. Um, I think I don't I don't I didn't think when I looked at the Space Marine one, I, I did feel like it lost some flavor. Hmm. In terms but it's of going to, it, it, here's the thing, like they got a, a unit that okay, it's going to we need to see them put out a space marine chapter codex like um space wolves sure uh, blood angels we need to see how they work to see how much flavor we're going to use now <clears throat> it looks like you get a white scar a way to build the kind of a white scar army or a raven guard army but those armies had their own codex right and i feel like those i i, I feel like 
you know, the Holland Griffins don't need a codex. Right. But all of the all of the major um, chapters, the legions, right. so they, the, they need their own codex. Those first founding chapters need right. their own flavor. They need their time. own codex. Yeah. And so we have to see what they're going to do with that because, you know, they have in, in the uh, in the um, Space Marines, they have some um, Imperial Fist characters, et cetera, et cetera. We need to see, are they going to just create one big soup of Space Marines or are they going to keep them their flavors? Yeah. I would hate to see them lose those flavors. Like, the Necron, we don't need a codex for every dynasty. Sure, sure. Right, but, but we can have different detachments. That's fine. The same thing with the Custodes. That, but that's a different thing than Space Wolves versus um, um, Blood Angels. Sure, sure. Blood Angels. Yeah, I, I've been liking how that character attached to a unit kind of rule can change and add a little bit of flavor to an army that's a little bit different versus a similar army with different characters. Especially with the Grey Knights, because they have so many characters that you can pair with the units, they're going to give it a different shift. And it's certainly in my army, you know, I have to stress to build a 2,000-point army just because I don't have that many models. So I use all my stuff, and I have all the characters attached to something. And it is interesting to see how the flow of the game kind of changes based upon where is Drago and, uh, you know, where is where, where are all the other characters in relationship to each other. And I've, I've been enjoying that part. At first, I wasn't sure I'd like having those units, those characters attached to that unit for the whole game but I, but i've been digging that and i've been finding that like a source of flavor and similarly with the uh, admech too right when i attach that marshal with that unit for the whole game that unit becomes a different thing entirely and it's not just a a choice to move that character between two units depending upon where they are on the board etc that's his unit that's their unit that's what's happening now which i like so uh tim i got two questions to ask you the first question is tim do you play infinity i mean i, I have i have i've read the new rule book i have not played the new game yet okay i'm going to come back to that statement in just a minute as it relates to 40k here i want to first talk my next thing is that character that you put in that unit and how it makes it changes the unit it does put a different value on the assassins mm. because when you built your army you put that captain with the army and you intended the army to do x y and z and so i get a vindicare i played um I played a chaos with my um, custodies and he had it all worked out, but I had a Vindicare and I had a, um, a Vindicare and must've been ever, sir. But what I did was I did two things. Term one, my Vindicare, because of that precision rule, they can automatically start getting rid of that character. Mm. It may take you two shots two two turns, but once that character is gone, <clears throat> The utility of that unit as you designed your army is minimized. Yeah, you're on a very different footing after that character's gone, right? That's right. And the other thing that I did was I had that other assassin. So I had custodies and I had two assassins. He, he had scout and uh, like term one, he charged the unit that was supposed to be holding an objective and tied that unit up for the entire game and made them fail their battle shock test and start, start denying things. Mm. When you play this game, um, I, and I was talking to some people who kept playing. I'm going to go and shoot your entire army off the board. You could, there are not too many missions that will reward you for that thinking. Right. 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 So, and this is back to infinity infinity. They have these things called order monkeys mm -hmm. where you have a unit, that unit or a, a model. It doesn't really do anything to game except generate an order for the real heavy hitters to do something. And so at the same time, you need people who can not necessarily um, attack the uh, enemy, but they can do things like um, 
like provide um, for your force. Yeah. Right. They can do an objective, scan something or do something in the in the and they might ultimately turn three be gone. But in the in while in the meanwhile, you're racking up points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is very much a, a game like that. Having said that, I want to say this is one area that I absolutely applaud Games Workshop. Hmm. They have more narrative scenarios. Yeah. They have more narrative scenarios that say, okay, when I read this scenario, when I look at the layout, I get what's going on. Yeah. I need to keep this depot in this place. And I really, really am enjoying those scenarios more so than any of the other scenarios. Totally agree. And I found it, and it, especially even true with the bunker missions in White Dwarf that we've right. been playing through, right? It helps me remember what I'm supposed to be doing each turn, right? right? Because I found, you know, I'm not the smartest, it's not the sharpest tool in the shed, right? So I found in ninth edition, I frankly have a hard time keeping track of what secondaries I was supposed to be super aware of and what primary objectives and when to score and whatnot. You know, I'd have an index card kind of leading me down the road, but it's challenging, right? But when the when the whole theme of the mission is very narrative, that story helps me keep aware of what I'm supposed to be doing every term, right? Just like you said, I got to, you know, get this intelligence from here to here. I got to protect this bunker, whatever it is, you know, and those bunker missions I found to be really like very deep in that kind of thinking about how the game should unfold and what the attacker and defender should be doing. So I tell people, and when I'm introducing them, reintroducing to this edition, one of the things that you want to look at when you look at those mission cards, right? And there are certain ones that you can keep constant and you know how many points, you know, I'm saying, listen, over here I've, on my side, I've got six characters. You got to do something about the characters. So take assassinate. Mm. I've got five vehicles. Take bring it down. So so you can focus on just those things rather than flipping the cards, which can be fun right. and randomly getting things. This tells me, okay, every turn I'm going to eliminate a character somehow. Right. Right. And you can be ready for that, prepared for that, and plan for that. Right. Yeah. yeah. When I'm playing against a guy who's playing knights or he was a bunch of monsters, I got to go bring it down. I'm going to, sure. I'm going to bring it down because I know I got to deal. I got to deal with these guys anyway. Right. So and then that, I can focus. That, that way on that it. doesn't have to be top of mind the entire game. Right. right. Yeah. That's smart. Right. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been very good so far. I know we've been enjoying uh, Tuesday nights at the library spot. It's been a really nice group of people, um, really nice range of ages and levels of experience. I've found so far some really interesting conversations and not just forty uh, K getting played, which is kind of nice too. Right. Not just 40K. And you get people get a chance to see the game. And a lot of people come by. There's a chess club meeting at the other end of the building and they come by and they see it. And a couple of people have kind of come back with their combat patrol boxes mm, yeah, combat, nice. and they're not even playing. They're building. Mm -hmm. They're building. They're watching. They're hearing everybody talk crap and degrade this Primark or yeah, <laughs> talk about this, yeah, this guy. Right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> We, we we just have a we have a few minutes left here. Um, we'll keep this a shorter episode than usual. Um, with regards to Horus Heresy, I know you have a fully ready to rock and roll army for that game. I'm happy to say my Iron Warriors are like a couple of more painting sessions away from getting done. I almost changed my rule about not playing a fully painted and based army, but I'm sticking to it. Um, I just have a, I got 40 infantry to base and um, I think like two rhinos yet to weather and make them look good. But then I'll be ready to dive into uh, Horus Heresy full force, which I'm really looking forward to. I've heard nothing but really great things about this one. So, so I have played Knights. I have played my Custodes. And I have a fully 3D printed um, Mechanicum army mm. that is just absolutely amazing. 
I enjoy um, Horace Heresy so much. Somebody made the comment, it might have been on a battle report, and it said that in Horace Heresy, you have more thematic narrative moments than in 40K. So it's like, okay, this guy is holding the door against these people. (laughs) And it's been, I have had an incredibly fun time playing Horace Heresy. And I really, really enjoy it. Everything I've seen about it, it does look more dramatic than a game of 40k so far, which, which I'm into. I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into that. Right. So, and you know, I've been, I've got the the printer cranking out constantly. Um, and so, and I was telling, I was describing it to my son, Akil, and I said, you know what, if I'm playing a fun narrative game, I'll break out the 3d printer. If I'm going to a tournament, I've got my GW stuff to play sure, and I'll sure. do right. <laughs> and, but you know what, there are some models that I would never be caught. I would never be caught in a store buying a chaos model. The Inquisition could see me and I wouldn't want that. So I, I'm not doing that. So I can worship, worship the chaos guys at my printer at home when nobody can see me and I won't get caught. That's great. That's great. Uh, before we wrap up, let me ask you what the scene is like at the new Paoli uh, GW store here in Pennsylvania. Um, it, uh, the, the, you know, Pale, I've read an article about the GW stores. They got one employee as a manager. Yeah. And so it, it's it's really, really good. I would say that it's comfortable. It is parking. It is in a small mall, which they generally tend to do. And they, they this is the piece that really got me. I did not find them particularly well stocked. Oh. Hmm. They they were no more stocked than a showcase comic. Okay. In the red caps. Um, okay. And I was I was a little bit like, hey, can't you get the good stuff? Mm, right. I was looking for, um, and I do recommend, uh, what is it, the Exaction Squad. Um, I would recommend that you take a look at that. And the reason is they are cheap. They're, when you look at the Rogue Trader line, yeah. that whole line, that's what I'm calling Imperial Agents, there are some really cheap units that you can use to do different things. Mm. <clears throat> and so... You know, you 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 get stuck with sixty points, forty points. Now you can put a whole unit of ten people in there, and they're just kind of doing their thing. Mm. So, um, but he was he was sold out of those, and I was like, man, what are you good for? <laughs> Did they have um, a good selection of books and Forge World stuff, and like the other toy lines that are no licensed Forge products? World stuff? Oh, no, for, which I was like, what? Get out of here! Mm. No Forge World stuff. Um, any of the toys like the GW licensed stuff, like those nope. old models? No. Mm. Nope. And that might be just the model that they decide to open the store with. Right. Um, right. There is a place, and I think it's called um, uh, Jim Thorpe. It might be Jim Thorpe. Mm-hmm. Call, uh, I'll get the name. There's a place up there. They have, hands down, the most extensive 40K line of all the store. And Jim Thorpe. Yeah, it's straight out the turnpike. Um, no, straight out um, 476. And it's, and, yeah. and, it's, and it's a GW store. It, no, it oh, is a private a, store. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. It's a private store. And so they, out of everybody, they have the most extensive line. Huh. The extensive uh, line. Uh, find but the, you know, get the name of that. I, we'll talk about the next episode. too. Right. I want to say that um, I was looking for the GW. I'm sorry, the Horse Heresy book for the uh, Imperium. Yeah. And I could not find it anywhere. And they had it on their shelves. Oh, nice. They had nice. it on the shelf. So it's pretty good. Very good. Cool. Awesome, Lavelle. I hope to see you tomorrow night. We'll play a game at the uh, the free library. We'll hope uh, Carlo is back on with us at our next recording sessions, which we'll try to do more often, but it's been challenging to keep up with recording and playing and everything else that's been going on in our worlds. Um, Tim, what are you bringing? Um, I'm probably going to do Great Grey Nights again tomorrow night, or it works. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm bringing the Votan. This will be right. my first time out. 
Cool. That was episode 39 of Crusade. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We'll see you real soon. Thanks for listening. I have been Tim. I'm LaBelle. We'll see you next time.